Okay. And we're back. This we're... is Brie, not Father Vitold. Hmm? <laughs> what? No, I'm Father Vitold. I know. I said this is Brie, not Father Vitold. Oh. All right. What'd you do the other day? You were trying to tell me something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yesterday it was so nice, nice outside. I'm like, oh, it's, you know, after five, mm-hmm. I'm done with work. And I should go outside, like take my bike, mm-hmm. uh, in a mountain bike outside. Mm. So I decided to do it. Wow. I'm ready to do it, you know, like geared up. Mm-hmm. Taking my bike from the basement up, you know, to the kitchen. And then FB just came back from his ride, mm-hmm. uh, bike ride. And he's like, no way. I you know. are going outside. I know. That's shocking. I'm like, and even Father Sean, so they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, like, it was so nice. I'm like, Aww. it would be kind of a, maybe even a mortal sin if I stay in my basement. <laughs> so it's the 11th commandment. You know, if it's nice outside, go outside. So, oh no, gosh. that's what I did. That was my second time actually this year. First time was Memorial Day. That was my first time, Memorial nice. Day, when I went outside with my bike. Yeah, it's finally nice but yeah it's 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 june now but it like rains every day you know like this past yeah month. it's yeah. weird like actually the last for Colorado. week and a half or two weeks in may it's been raining so much no it's nice because then you know well yeah we get water and you know plants and you know, yeah and, but doesn't that mean like more bugs in the summer i don't know i'm pretty sure oh well anyways uh, what's happening well next sunday mm-hmm. june 11th june 11th right? no next sunday not this sunday the, the next one not in two days That's... well i'm thinking of when this podcast comes out hold on let me think oh yes, well next sunday june 11th <laughs> yes june 11th uh is the corpus christi er ER, Eucharistic Revival, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. emergency room, I'm like, <laughs> no. I like calling it the ER, ER. because... ER for Catholics, yeah, uh, which is actually confession. Well, yes, Eucharistic Revival, mm-hmm. we we take off on Corpus Christi till next Corpus Christi 2024 in Indianapolis, and then we'll have National Eucharistic Conference, I think this is how it's called. So they expect 80,000 Catholics to come. Wow. That's Including awesome. probably some of our parishioners from Lourdes. And I know uh, John Paul the Great high schoolers are going. Uh, but yeah, this, this, the next, next year, from this June till next June, it's, it's to do it at the parish level. So, you know, for your parishioners. Yeah, because it's been going on for a year now. Yeah, at the and diocesan now, level. Yeah, the diocesan now level. Now we go like narrow to down it to parish level. and then... And what is it? What is the Eucharistic revival? Well, the first idea was to do it, you know, this year, the bishops, Catholic bishops came up with, with, with something. Why? Because I remember that was 2019. I became a priest and that fall of 2019, they released the, the, um, like, uh, statistics, the research kind of, but, mm-hmm. and the key point was there about 70% of Catholics do not believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Wow. And I'm, okay. I was like, I was just, I what was just percent? ordained and like 70% like 70, 70, zero, wow. like don't believe. And of course, and I look into like the data and uh, it's always like in on average 70%. But if you take like people who go to the church every Sunday, yeah it's less but right. still not everyone believes it's truly jesus yeah. which is and then i think you know like here at lourdes 
I think, you know, everyone believes, you know, because what's the point? It's not well, a symbol. You and, don't know their hearts, though. Yeah, but it's, for me as a priest, that's what hit me then, you yeah. know, four years ago. Like, you are here, let's say, on Sunday, and you don't believe that this is truly God. Mm-hmm. I know it looks weird because it's just a piece of bread, mm-hmm. but that's truly him. Yeah. Like we always say, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Yeah. And like, you don't believe, and, uh, well, that was kind of, interesting so that's why the catholic bishops were, were trying to do something to maybe revive you know to refresh let's say the, the faith you know mm. specifically in the real presence of mm. jesus and then uh, COVID came 2020 march 2020 so oh. everything was stopped so now we are finally back revamping it back up yeah and life is normal again so they started you know diocesan level now we go back to the parish level so they why? ask every pastor to do something yeah so why start on corpus christi what is well because corpus, corpus christi that's latin for the body of christ okay. right so we specifically focus on this mystery you know that jesus is truly present can he, i say a joke yeah i don't know i might what cut joke? this out eventually what? <laughs> tell me if it's inappropriate but there's this joke in a show where this guy's kneeling and he receives the blood of Christ and he goes, holy crud, is this really the blood of Christ? And the priest goes, yes. And he goes, man, Jesus must have been drunk 24-7. No, well, you know, this is, this is, this is one of the reasons. hilarious, though. It's good, right? Or is that yeah, bad? No, it's Is that good. bad to it's have good. like... No, it's funny. it's fine. It's fine. But like Father Brian always jokes when you say something like this. This uh, is why people leave the Catholic Church. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but I this thought is, it was funny, but it's is, like good. Fun. This is actually what you said is, is really cool because, um, yeah, people, I think that's what when I talk to them, they have this problem. Like, how is it like really black? I can really taste. Yeah, it's, it's alcohol. It's wine. You yeah, know, it looks like wine. You know, it tastes like wine. And still wine, it's not wine, and still yeah. blood of Jesus. And that's, you know, we call this specifically transubstantiation. So the essence, the, the substance of the, this thing of wine and bread mm-hmm. was changed into the, the, you know, substance of Jesus' body and blood. Mm-hmm. But the appearances are still the same. So right. bread looks like bread, right. tastes like bread, yep. same with wine, but it's not bread and wine anymore. Right. So that's why... Jesus. That's why when, when I would say, you, you know, faith is required to really believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not absolutely. science, you know. If you right, and I you wrote can't. my, yeah. I wrote my MA thesis. I wrote eighty pages about this topic, mm-hmm. how this idea was developed throughout the centuries. Yeah, yeah. You know how it started with Jesus, and mm-hmm. then you know Middle Ages, you know, and so forth to this day. And that's you know usually what divides us from the Protestant brothers and sisters because they say it's just a symbol mm-hmm. for us. It's truly the the blood of, of Jesus. So Eucharist uh, Eucharistic revival, yes, it's all about let's revive this uh, specific theme. Yeah. You know, that Jesus is truly here, the Eucharist. So we were asked, you know, by the bishops to to do something at the parish level, and we are doing a lot, and we will uh, at Lourdes specifically mm-hmm. and Saint Louis. Well, and you were. Father Brian put you in charge of oh, the well, NER, the National yeah. Eucharistic Revival Absolutely. Team here at Lourdes, right? Yeah, kind of. We have this committee of a few people. But yeah, here at Lourdes, you know, again, <laughs> to really revive the the faith mm-hmm. in Jesus' truly, you know, presence, 
Yeah, we'll do most of the time. We'll be, of course, Corpus Christi, the mm -hmm. procession mm -hmm. around the block. Yeah. We want to do it after that. the noon mass. Uh, then a few stuff like gathering at the grotto. We'll have the one in June, July, and August. And they will be about the Eucharist. And what else? The candlelight masses right yeah Here we do oh, monthly yeah. so we yeah at lords we do monthly candlelight mass and the difference this year we're gonna start having adoration yes an hour before an the hour mass before when we have confessions yeah so that's uh, something we'll do additionally to what we are doing now yeah just uh, like extra little things yeah so because because we thought we were doing a lot mm-hmm so the goal was let's do not you know reinvent the wheel let's just add something a little bit there and there and there, yeah. there, there. Yeah. and it's like eucharist yeah so that's why gathering will be about the eucharist candlelight masses you know yes let's add there's adoration before yeah uh, i love adoration did i so riley and i during we had this little gathering um here at lords for those going on the holy land pilgrimage um <clears throat> And it was really cool, but Riley's little niece, she's going to be four, July 10th, I mm -hmm. believe. But she's only three years old right now. And Riley and I go to weekly adoration on Wednesdays here at Lord's. So it was Wednesday during this gathering. And we wanted to introduce her mm -hmm. to adoration, this three-year-old. We had no idea how this was going to turn out, but we... Mm -hmm. we asked her hey do you want to go see jesus he's in the other room you know mm. inside the church yeah. and she was like what like really and so we were like yeah and so on our way up we just very simple we're like hey when we go in there we got to be really quiet people are adoring jesus so we're just gonna go in we're gonna bow before jesus and just kind of thank him in our hearts and mm -hmm. uh just pray to him and she knows Jesus. She, her parents have done such an incredible job of really introducing Jesus to her. It's, it honestly blows my mind how much she knows Jesus. It's actually mm. incredible. Yeah. But so we go in there. She already knows Jesus. Um, and she was so good. She was so good. She was quiet. She uh, bowed with us. You, I could tell she was nervous because she kind of like clung to me was mm -hmm. like holding on to me and she was confused she was like where's jesus because i think she was definitely expecting a, him to be there like as a human form mm, and yeah. all this so we just went we bowed we were there for maybe a minute or two and then we left kept eating i think it was what five to ten minutes later mm -hmm. she goes can we go see jesus again <laughs> she asked mm. us this um and so we were sure and uh Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think what else. So we went in there. Uh, Riley and her sat there for probably like five minutes. I ran to the restroom. She, she, they were sitting there for five minutes. Then I go in. We were there for probably another 10 minutes adoring Jesus. And she was so good, like a three-year-old. It still mm, blows my yeah. mind. And it was so beautiful. She was like looking at Jesus because we did explain to her how Jesus can come in all forms. So we explained to her that the bread that is, mm -hmm. what's what's the thing? The monstrance. Monstrance. I cannot think of that word when we were explaining it to mm -hmm. her, but we told her that he is present in this mm -hmm. in the bread. 
we kind of explained that to her and she sat there for probably 15 minutes total and like there were tears I I I feel like there were tears in her eyes and she was just in pure wonder and it was the coolest thing to experience and see out of a three-year-old. Like I a thousand percent think Jesus like touched her heart and was absolutely there. And like she understood that. I, it was so cool. It blew my mind. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was just, yeah. it was beautiful. So no, no, no. We were talking about adoration and I thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. That's why, you know, when we have... The- and the gathering mm-hmm. uh, you know each month you know mm-hmm. starting this month june july august right after that's what we're gonna do right after the talk uh you know we'll expose the blessed sacrament for an hour oh really i'm thinking it might be two like eight to ten p.m wow. something like this wow. and one of us one of the priests will he do the reposition at 10 p.m yeah we'll, you know we'll decide who does what but that's wow. that's n- another thing we'll want to do we want to do some uh, classes maybe even like not bible groups but really like smaller groups uh when we can talk about the eucharist mm-hmm. you know we can take the bible of course and do some passages with with you know with these you know statements by jesus about himself in the eucharist or we can just do some like uh, i want to do something in the fall like i always do here like the faith formation oh yeah that's instead of doing like catechism pillar two i would love to do like the mass and we walk through the mass oh. and i explain why everything gets done the way it's done and wait i'm gonna interrupt you because yeah. we do have a live viewer audience my boyfriend riley he's back there watching mm-hmm. us do this but he had a question <clears throat> and i think this ties into what you were just saying mm-hmm. of what you would like to teach so he asked, could it be that 70% of people, going back to this Eucharistic mm-hmm. revival, could it be that 70% of people, or at least a decent amount, don't understand the Mass fully? Mm-hmm. Could you explain when exactly the Spirit makes the bread and wine into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's not maybe all of them, but what happens to most of the people they don't understand yeah so that's why they say i don't believe because i don't understand you yeah know? so it could be the thing i don't know what would be the what would be the percentage but yeah the the specific time when it's truly in jesus in the mass mm-hmm. it's the moment when you know when the priest uh, says the words of consecration over the bread and wine Mm-hmm. So when you know, you know, here at Lourdes, here at Lourdes we do it ad orientem, so you know you didn't really see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we know when view. when the priest bows, yeah, holding like the the bread in his thing, you know, in his fingers, and it's, he speaks really closely to the bread, the, the words of consecration. So that's the moment when it becomes Jesus, you know, and really cool thing uh, wow. we do it we bow so we like we we speak like to the bread and to the wine and so you can when you hold the chalice you're supposed to speak to like inside the chalice you know because wow. it's taken again from the gospel we had just last sunday and mm-hmm. uh, the pentecost when jesus came and same same on easter sunday jesus came to the upper room because the the apostles were locked in fear of the jews jesus came in and then, you know, he said, peace be with you. And then he said, and then he breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus breathes, it gives life. 
same like God the Father in the book mm. of Genesis, he breathed on Adam and then he received life. Mm -hmm. So the priest breathes on the bread. So like I, Jesus, like God is using the priest yeah. to pour, pour like life, him. like himself into this. So you speak really closely to the, to the okay. bread. So you know, as a priest, we are told, you know, you have to do it slowly. You know, the words of consecration. Mm -hmm. no, it's done. You know, it has <laughs> to be slowly. Yeah. And then, you know, like, you know, you have to do it really, really close. So that's the moment uh, when it really bread and wine changes into uh, the, the blood and, and, and body of Christ. Yeah, mm. so that's, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the moment. Then, of course, you have Jesus for the rest of the Mass. Yeah. Uh, you know, but then, we, you know, the whole Mass is always about praying to God the Father through Jesus. You know, yeah. so like we are interested. We are on the Mount of Calvary. You know, uh, mystically, of course, you mm -hmm. know, for the whatever uh, time it is. But the point is, yes, we do it all the time, all the time. And that's the moment when when uh, the bread and wine change into blood and, and the body. Yeah. Um, another question. <clears throat> uh, when is the procession of the Eucharist across the country? Oh, that's next summer. And how is that going to work? Well, I don't remember the dates, but you know, yeah. it's so not next this June. summer. No, no, no. Okay. Next June, next June. Uh, I think it's Corpus Christi again. So like, yeah, early June 2024, you know, Eucharistic uh, conference in Indianapolis. So they, they are like three routes, I think, uh, going through this, through the country. So the one that will go through Denver mm -hmm. starting, I think in San Francisco wow. or Seattle. What? I'm not sure right now. One of, I think it's San Francisco. So they will walk to the Annapolis crossing Denver. They told us the dates. Is this real life? Like, are they going to camp and do all this? Yeah. I mean, they will be like staying at the parish, probably, you know, like with the Eucharist <gasps> and maybe families can invite them for one are night. Are we going to do this? Can the office and, shut down? Can we and do they this? will be walking <laughs> through Denver. Uh, and yeah, we can join them. We, we can walk. Wow. You can start walking from, I don't know, like Front Range to just through Denver. Yeah. I don't know, for a day. Yeah. You can do it. Don't remember the dates. Probably it's on their website. But uh, yeah, you'll be walking through, through Denver probably late May. That wow. would be my guess. Yeah. Next year. So that's the thing. And I... And I think that the second one is they want to do, so that's the national one, but they want to do something like just for Denver. Like yeah. we want to do, like our Archbishop decided to do something, but they will do it next summer. Don't remember exactly okay. what they want to do, but we want to walk like through downtown Denver with the Eucharist. Okay. Like a Eucharistic procession, yeah, yeah. but just for Denver. So, mm. but again, that's next, that's awesome. next year. I love processions. Next year. Yeah. Eucharistic revival. All right. Now joining us is Riley. He has too many questions for me to relay. So yeah, I just keep writing them down. I'm just trying to relay. Yeah. Oh, we have someone on the line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who's calling us? Ring, ring. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Hi. What's your name? Hey, where are you? Where are you from? Poland. Who's your best friend? Poland. What? <laughs> okay. Um. So I wanted to see how you might be able to explain the Eucharist um, and how that is the new covenant as well as obviously it's a big topic, but relating that back to how 
Jesus is the Passover lamb and mm-hmm. how that relates back to Moses yeah. and, and the Passover lamb back then and just how that all relates to the covenant between God and his people mm-hmm. um, of Israel and then now amongst the whole world. Yeah. So everything what Jesus did, you know, it was the, the fulfillment of the you know different prophecies from the Old Testament. And of course, the, the ultimate fulfillment of you know humanity being reconciled to god and the old testament the old covenant was established between god and moses you know for 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 the chosen nation for israel israel but of course it was in, in god design it was just like yeah i need to make it better i need to fulfill it you know so of course the old covenant was done for a period of time thousands of, of years but you know Jesus was always like, let's say, in God's mind. But yeah, I will, I will do it. So of course, if you if you want to compare what Jesus did, uh, you always you always have to take the old covenant. Of course, Moses on you know all the prophets. They were just coming to remind people that you know God will do the ultimate you know fulfillment of His promises. But that's why if you if you take Jesus, who is sometimes called the new Moses. Right, and he does the same thing. Like Moses led people from Israel, uh, from Egypt to Israel, to the Promised Land. Same Jesus, you know, came to to lead us from, you know, the state of death, you know, being in a sin, to heaven, which is the Promised Land, you know. And like Moses, you know, got the Ten Commandments. So Jesus, he's the new Moses, and God at the same time, uh, you know, he gave us the the new commandments, especially the you know the greatest one, like love God as you know as your you know and, and neighbor as yourself. So these two, and of course he left the church, you know, on this journey because we are still you know comparing again the story of Moses and Jesus, Moses who led people for forty years to the promised land. Uh, you know, we are we are doing this right now. We are walking. You know, mm. let's say you are saved, you are baptized. Mm-hmm. So you cross the uh, Jordan River, let's say, and or like the dead, uh, the, the the Red Sea. You know, when they were rescued from Pharaoh and his army. So now you have desert. to walk for forty days, I mean, forty years, your whole life mm-hmm. to reach the the heaven to, to the promised land. But you know, you have to die. So you have to cross the the River Jordan. You know, and so if you compare all these two, you know, covenants. So that's why. The greatest one in the old one is Moses, and then you have Jesus in the New Testament. But that was the ultimate fulfillment, because as you know, the story, the, you know, uh, when the temple was established in Jerusalem, you have King David and then Solomon and all these kings. Temple existed to to make, you know, sacrifices to God. Sacrifices made, by, you know, by the priests, you know, but the point was like, St. Paul talks about this in one of his letters, you know, they were doing this, you know, because they needed the messiah like we cannot we cannot keep doing that for like centuries you know we because the point of making sacrifices like you know it's not really for for god god is almighty so he doesn't need this it's it's for us to just be reminded you know we need god we need god we need god and so when jesus comes he's the fulfillment he's the ultimate sacrifice and he does it you know outside of jerusalem now it's actually inside the city but in Jesus' name, in Jesus' time, it was outside, and of course he did it. You know, as the Passover again, lamb going back to the story of of Moses, how people were, you know, rescued from Egypt, you know, uh, and you know they they stopped being slaves. That's what Jesus did. You know, he he was not he's now this lamb who sacrifices himself, mm-hmm. 
so the the angel of death you know so like ultimate death for all of us can really pass and we can be saved so that's if you compare all these two stories you know moses and jesus you can find in again people wrote books like about this you know taking even you know just one thing and so forth and so the old testament you have many prophecies you know abraham and isaac you know the famous story when abraham was told you need to sacrifice your son and so he he wants to do it and on the way you know isaac his son he's carrying wood for the sacrifice so that's the image of jesus in the future carrying the wood of the cross on this mount so the story goes that you know abraham was supposed to sacrifice isaac on this uh, mount you know so you know that would happen of course but we know the story he was stabbed at the last moment so the story goes that jesus was sacrificed exactly on that spot where abraham was supposed to do it with isaac you know so he fulfills something that was unfinished you know but he does it he does it for the whole humanity so it's not just for the people who lived in his time but you know for all of us even 2000 years later we are saved you know by this by this lamb you know who who saves us you know unblemished lamb and that's why you know again if you read the story of of crucifixion you know why jesus legs were not broken you know because they couldn't you know because if you go to the old testament the story goes yeah the, the lamb that is sacrificed for the passover has to be really uh, forgot the name you know the name for it but like it's unbroken bones uh, really young you know male of course and so the same with jesus you know well, he's like break his legs so. yeah so everything is really fulfilled in jesus you know and of course the <clears throat> eucharist itself is he has the new covenant like he even told the apostles you know you won't have life until you eat my body and drink my blood you know and that's basically as yeah, like the lamb you know you have to eat and and of course of course for jews you know they were not supposed to drink blood because blood contains life and life belongs to, to God. And so you cannot consume life mm. so that they cannot eat blood. But Jesus, you know, who is Jewish, he tells them, you have to drink my blood. So everyone felt like he's crazy. Like mm -hmm. he's really, he's a weird guy. He does weird, you know, he heals people, but that's, that's not what it is. And of course, again, Jesus didn't explain everything because when we re when we read the gospels now you know we live here let's say in denver 2000 years later when you read this sometimes we don't understand everything but like for you know people who lived in jesus time and for the apostles when you read like one specific statement or maybe there is like a kind of like a you know, fine print you know uh, you know right away like oh that's what he means that's what he means like you know all these <clears throat> connections but we don't see anymore that's why we have all these like professors you know of bible studies so they can explain to us why jesus said this you know why he did that you know like because that was the fulfillment of this prophecy that prophecy and so forth but again it's a huge topic you know and everything is really tied to each other in eucharist is is like we say the source and summit of our faith you know if you are catholic <laughs> you go to mass it's it's like you know like you, if you are human you eat like you'd just do it you know you don't question it but that's again it's it's a huge topic and uh, there are many many prophecies you know that jesus really fulfilled and and uh, reading the letters of saint paul is really cool to find the connections he explains a lot uh, reading know, the letters of saint paul is uh -huh. so difficult 
Uh-huh. It is so difficult. Yeah, he's this. Yeah. He's smart. He's very smart. Well, he was a Pharisee, okay? So he was really taught in the Jewish law and, and the rules and, you know, tradition. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all the, the rest of the guys, the apostles, I mean, you most of them you have like fishermen, you know, St. Peter. Yeah. yeah. Tax collector, Matthew, you yeah. know, and uh, Luke, you know, Luke the evangelist, he was a doctor. Yeah. So he spoke Greek and Hebrew, pretty yeah. smart guy. But, you know, I would say, you know, really the best one, you know, at Jewish religion is St. Paul. And he never met Jesus. He even said, like, I never met him. I mean, this one time when he was converted on the way to Damascus, that's, that's the only one time. Yeah. But like in person, he never met him. That's so, so that's wild. why when it's cool, it's, you know, when, when he travels to Damascus to, to persecute Christians, mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, appears to him and he says, he asks this question, like, why are you persecuting me? Mm-hmm. Not my people, not mm-hmm. Christians, me. Mm-hmm. Which proves the point that the church is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Why are you persecuting me? And, and Paul is like, who are you, sir? I'm Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so that changed him, you know. And he was blind, you know, for uh-huh. that inter- encounter. And then he, he got his, yeah. So basically, wow. we had this gospel yesterday, you know, when Jesus heals this blind man. And that's what happens to us, you know, because being blind means you cannot see. But then when your sight is restored, basically it means you start a new life mm-hmm. and you have to leave your old life behind you. Don't go back. Don't go back. You know, so that's what P- St. Paul did. He left everything and he started, you know, the, you know, being an apostle. Um, and, you know, you know, uh, we know that he, he wrote, of course, many letters and he traveled a lot. But yeah, he did it for, for Christ. He did it for Christ. So, yeah, cool story. I do have one more question. <laughs> that I think I think I mean I'm not necessarily sure if this will help people that do question the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist um, but sometimes this happens to me even you know when when you're attending mass and sometimes your heart isn't fully there your mind isn't fully there and it feels like you know it, it it's something that you shouldn't do. Obviously you're standing in the fit, like face to face with mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, you, you get that. So it's hard to kind of concentrate on that. You are about to consume Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then also once you have consumed Jesus Christ, once you have received the Eucharist and you sit back down, what do you think is a good idea for people to do once they've knelt back down or once they've gotten back to their pew instead of just wandering back off into mm-hmm. their minds and whatnot? Yeah, that's, that's a good question because a lot of people struggle with, you know, being really focused during the Mass. Because when you go to the Mass, uh, we, you know, we're human, so... You think about stuff maybe you have to do this coming week or what happened mm-hmm. and you know it really takes kind of your attention from from the eucharist so that's why you know i always recommend people if you can not all everyone can but if you can come to the mass like 10 minutes before 
So just to sit in a pew and Deep just, breaths, just yeah, focus. that's what usually happens. And then it gets better. Then it takes it takes less and less, uh, you know. But sometimes maybe even thirty minutes. Yeah, I know that for for people with like kids, it's not even possible <laughs> to be on time sometimes. But then, you know, if if you can, it's it's really cool to to go there a uh, few minutes before. So then it helps you to then pay attention, you know. Uh, then throughout the mass, like the readings. That's what I do even now as a priest. I always have my Magnificat. I always follow the readings. I have to just have them in front of my eyes then just to to hear the readings, you know, and then it helps me to focus, you know. Uh, that's what I do. Uh, and then, you know, when with the communion, when you receive the, the Eucharist, you know, so it's God, it's God really, you know. Now, and when you when you consume him, you know, it's he's still like within you. So it's it's food, you know, it's bread and wine. So technically it goes to your blood and then to every cell in your body. So mm -hmm. basically the blood of Jesus, the blood of God is in within your blood. It's like you have you are now. Yeah. like a marble hero, you know. I love that image though. Yeah. So I was talking about like one of my professors back in Michigan you know, when I was studying. Like, yeah, when you receive the Eucharist, you know, the host and you, you consume it, then you become the tabernacle mm. in this golden box. Wow. Because you contain God. Mm -hmm. wow, so the I've point is, like or like, you know, if you go to the Easter vigil, you okay. have all these flames, you know, small yeah. candles. So you are like this, this one candle, you know, like because you take it from, from God. So yeah, now you are the, the light of the world. That's what we were supposed to do. And you go back to your life, to your world. So people can see where to go, you know, they can, but yeah, when you receive the, the body, you know, it's, it's sometimes for me, even as a priest, really difficult to, to think about it, you know, cause yeah, it's God is within you. So that's the, the, the closest connection you can have with God. Not, not any prayer won't, doesn't, you know, any prayer won't give you this, you know, like even praying rosary, you know, for 10 hours a day won't give you what receiving the Eucharist is, you know, cause God is really in you and so that's not something but uh, you know what happens again it's really difficult to, to see but you know the god who created all of this the whole universe is like containing this piece of bread and now he's within me so you know it's some some of some of the saints i forgot which one was saint john vianney or saint thomas aquinas said that the angels they really jealous because of this because they cannot receive the eucharist we are the only ones who, who can do it. So I always say when you receive and you go back to your pews, yeah, it's the moment of worship when you kneel down. And well, God, when you pray to God, it's always like God is somewhere. That's what people picture, you know, but like when you consume him, it's like he's within you. So he can, he's really, that's the closest, you know, relationship you can have, like the closest moment, I would say. I love so that image though, of mm. thinking as, of yourself as like Jesus's tabernacle. Tabernacle, yeah, you are. That's God's beautiful. presence is within you mm. and his blood is in your blood. Yeah, and having it's, that reflection, even just having that thought and reflection mm -hmm. after you receive and going back to your pew. Mm -hmm. And just being able to take that hopefully you know into yeah. the whole week yeah mm -hmm. not only the word but the flesh and taking that into the week that is yeah. i think that would be a good reflection for me at least to because some you know sometimes i do i receive and i you know kneel back down and get lost back in the song and then once yeah. i'm outside mass 
the sometimes song. it just like yeah just like the eucharistic songs that are going on but that's not a bad thing right that's like worshiping yeah you know yeah that's fine that's yeah, fine yeah. That's... i'm just saying mm-hmm. yeah, i almost forget sometimes that i've just received oh. the lord yeah and that he is within me yeah, yeah. you know and to, to be a good apostle good mm-hmm. follower yeah, yeah. And, uh, teacher mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to break up this party because the two quietest people can't seem to stop talking when we get on this podcast. Mm. (laughs) This is a 40-minute podcast, gents. Oh, minus the two minutes of when the mic crashed. Well, they're not going to hear that, so now you're just talking. Cut out. (laughs) Nope, leaving it in. All right, well, thanks for joining us at the end there, Riley. I know, sorry I didn't have you come in initially but that's good i was like oh my goodness i have so many questions i know just he just kept like, like chewing ty- my nails yeah he just kept text like typing on my the notes on my phone and i was like okay we're just bringing you in mm-hmm. but yeah please join us for st louis and lords just events um bring friends that may have like fallen away invite them to like listen to this podcast or join you at a fun event um to get them in community and I think this is kind of the perfect time mm-hmm. to like get them back to mass like that's the ultimate goal is to get them back to mass and practicing and whatnot but during this Eucharistic revival it's like yeah bring them to these events go adore with them and go go sit with Jesus with them but um yeah thanks for listening everyone mm-hmm. and uh we'll we'll hear you next week I won't be here but we've already planned that out oh yes yeah we'll be in the holy land thanks for Mm -hmm. joining riley thanks for your input f-dubs welcome come join us for the eucharistic revival come and see peace